0: It is Friday. You know what that means here on 710 ESPN Seattle. It's time to get in the cage. It's brought to you by the Emerald Queen Casino. It's a pleasure to bring back to the program a man we spoke to before. He's the associate editor of BloodyElbow.com. Does a great job covering the sport of MMA, and he is with us now on the Zeke's Pizza Hotline. He is Mookie Alexander. Mookie, how are you, man?
1: Hi, Bob. I'm I'm doing pretty well. Uh, Of course, I'd love for it to be Super Bowl week, you know, fast forward another week and the Seahawks are in it, but uh, instead we get almost the worst case scenario, so I'm just going to be a lifelong Chiefs fan uh, on <laughs> February the 2nd, but uh, I, you, you did bring me here to talk about MMA, and at least that's a little bit more enjoyable to discuss at the moment.
0: Yes, it is. Yes, it is, and I'm, I'm right. I, I share your same sentiment, man. It's it's uh, go Chiefs, even though Tyreek Hill is on the roster. I, I still have to root for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, but but uh, hey, let's, let's talk about what we just saw this past weekend. I'm not sure what your expectations were going into this fight. I kept talking to people and saying, listen, I, I, I picked Connor to win this fight. He should win the fight, but Cowboy is a live dog. He is a, he's a gritty guy. He's got size. He's got experience. He's, you know, I, I expected a battle for a bit anyway, but I thought that the, the fact that Cowboy is such a notoriously slow starter would definitely favor Connor, who really likes to come out fast, and I never expected 40 seconds, Mookie. What, what, what were your expectations going in compared to what you saw?
1: I expected, as long as McGregor took his training seriously and he didn't look totally washed up, that this was this has always been a bad stylistic matchup for Cerrone because, as you mentioned, he is usually a slow starter. McGregor is one of the fastest starters uh, on the UFC roster and really in all of MMA. And just he historically has issues dealing with southpaws and southpaws who can also pressure him. And I certainly didn't expect a 40-second finish, but I figured this was either going to be a quick. Right out of the gates, Conor hurts Cerrone and puts him away. Or as the fight progresses, Cerrone's chances of winning increase. But Conor made sure that never happened. And I, I don't think anybody expected that. What would hurt Cerrone is a shoulder strike, followed by a head kick. If anybody was going to get hurt with a head kick in this fight, it was probably going to be you. you would have put your money on on Cerrone doing that to Conor instead of the other way around. But you know, McGregor looked sharp in the 40 seconds that we got to see him fight. And of course, when he does have somebody hurt. You know, apart from Nate Diaz in the rematch, he's normally excellent at uh, finishing what he started. So McGregor, this obviously is about as good a fight as he could possibly have, given that he had one in three years, uh, and of course he's had he's had so many legal troubles outside the octagon. And for the UFC, it's great for them too because now it really opens the door for them to potentially make that title fight against uh, the winner of Khabib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson, or set up a uh, Jorge Masvidal fight or something else a Nate Diaz trilogy whatever all the options are open and I feel sorry for Cerrone that this was his big fight opportunity he's been a fan favorite for so long this is his pay-per-view main event debut and for him to just get washed away like that in 40 seconds is, is so unfortunate and now he's on a three-fight losing streak so one has to wonder how much longer is he still going to be taking those types of fights at the the very top of the division uh, whether it's at 150 155 or 170 because he has faced an absolutely in- incredible set of opponents over the years but more often than not he's been on the losing end um, but going back to mcgregor that is uh, really an ideal fight for him it was stylistically favorable It doesn't really teach us a whole lot, though, about how we would fare in a Habib rematch, for example. I mean, it is just a totally different dynamic and it certainly didn't help that the fight only lasted 40 seconds
0: what what did you make of his demeanor leading up to the fight i watched his interview with ariel helwani you know he seems he's very humble he's he's very you know at least judging his words he's very focused it's all i'm getting back to you know my passion for the sport and i was doing all these things and not taking it seriously and i was drinking leading up to the to the khabib fight and you know blah 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 we've heard this a million times from other fighters and but you saw a different reaction as he went into the cage. You saw a different reaction after the win. He obviously had a completely different level of respect for Cerrone than he did for Khabib. There was none of the you know the back-and-forth nonsense that we've seen before. Do you feel like he's a change guy, or do you feel like he's a guy who said, I need to say the right things because of all the bad press I've received outside of the cage?
1: Yeah, it's probably the latter. And also, Donald Cerrone is just not a dude you want to start some weird rivalry with. Um, It also doesn't help when all the trash talking that you're known for, it's not as effective when you're not winning and and or you're not fighting. So in this case, McGregor was a lot less willing to try. And he was a lot more cordial. with It was almost like playful banter more than anything mean-spirited. And it was a little bit surreal to, to look at a McGregor fight that way. And on the other hand, it was also refreshing because all of his weird ramblings on Twitter and, and all of his other proclamations, they did get a bit tiresome. But yeah, it did look like a, a change mentality. And really, he needed it. And I think he knows he needed it because if he came out against Cerrone and lost, then that would have been about as damaging a defeat as possible, probably just as damaging as, as, as his previous losses, whether it's Mayweather, Habib, or Diaz. And in fact, the thing with his other losses is the Diaz fight set up a bigger rematch, and both men came out of that uh, two-fight series looking great in, in terms of their popularity. Against Mayweather, he was never—he was never going to win unless you were the worst gambler in the world. Um, and he got, you know, some sort of credit for lasting 11 rounds with Floyd, or however long the fight lasted—I I almost can't remember at this point. <laughs> and then against Khabib, yeah, he—he he, he took his—he took his lumps in that fight, and he, he became a bit of a meme for uh, tapping out against. Uh, Habib, but the, uh, the aftermath is mostly remembered for what Habib and his crew did after the fight. Right. So he kind of got away a little scot free. So against Cerrone in a fight that was kind of set up for him to, to look good, not saying that Cerrone is a walkover opponent, but just in terms of matchups, this is a fight that McGregor normally w- would win, whether it's the 2014, 2015, 2016 Connor we've seen compared to the Unknown of 2020. Yeah, it, it was uh, certainly a different Connor. Now, are we going to get that Connor? over these next few fights? Probably not. It's probably just going to embolden him to return to being, quote-unquote, the old Conor in terms of his personality and, and the whole aura and the mystique surrounding him.
0: Who you, you listed the guys that that are the likely opponents coming up, whether we're talking about a rematch with Khabib or if you're talking about anybody else, and you could th- throw Justin Gagey into that mix as well. Who should he fight? I mean, they're they're interesting. They're all interesting on different levels. You talked about the trilogy with Diaz and Jorge Masvidal is the flavor of the month right now. Everybody's very into him, so that would be intriguing. Gagey is just you know blood and guts. I'm just gonna you know if I don't get knocked out, you're getting knocked out type of fighter. But what which which is the fight you think makes the most sense? Because people complain, oh, he gets a title shot because he's Connor. He gets thrown into these fights because he's well, yeah, he's he's got he's the biggest name in the sport, so I kind of get it. But what, if you're the matchmaker, Mookie, who do you, who do you throw him in against next?
1: Yeah, if on, a, on a meritocracy standpoint, you shouldn't get the next title shot because this was a fight at 170, and whatever Dana White's saying about, oh, this is just a 155 fight, they're not cutting weight. Well, you can make the case that you should be booking a lot more fights like that, and you can be safer for everybody. But uh, if it were up to me, I would like to see him against Justin Gaethje. Uh, it, it's, it's a fight that is impossible in terms, it can't possibly be boring
0: Yeah, you know that it's going to be
1: forever however long that fight lasts whether it's a couple of minutes or if it somehow goes into the fifth round and if it does then it's the greatest fight we've ever seen uh it, it would be a huge opportunity for Gaethje to cement his own case for a title shot because i can understand that he you know he has to be upset that mcgregor could leapfrog him based off of beating cerrone his first win in, in three years whereas Gaethje beat cerrone in the fight prior to that and he's on a three-fight winning streak, and he might not get a title shot. So one way to solve it is a number-one contender fight. You do Connor against Gaethje at 155, we see who comes out on top, and the winner would rightfully get the title shot. So that's the fight I would most like to see. I think it is a very difficult fight for Connor because Gaethje is just an absolute offensive machine, but he can be hit. And we certainly know that. He's willing to go to war, and that may be to his own detriment against somebody as powerful as Connor. but Gaethje is also very hard to put away so if Connor can't put him away Gaethje's offense is going to be too much and you would think that his cardi would hold up better than McGregor's and you could probably break him down in the later rounds but yeah the the other fights on the table the Diaz trilogy is probably something that I actually would want to see the least if largely because of Diaz coming off the lopsided loss to Masidal. but you can understand why they would make it because there's a story there the the two fight series that they've had in 2016 it was unforgettable and they have the the legendary back and forth trash talking masvidal would be my second most preferred fight uh just because that is another fascinating matchup i know dana white has been hesitant to uh even put connor in there against masvidal but it's also a big fight for Forge. so failing you know if he doesn't get a title shot then you do the next best thing for Hori, which is a big money fight against McGregor. And I think he, he wouldn't turn down that opportunity because he would make more money against Connor than he would in a random type, in a regular title fight rather against Kamaro Usman. So the other, uh, possibility here is him against the Habib Ferguson winner. And that's probably the fight that the UFC is most likely going to make. It's the fight that Dana White has already said it, Conor is going to have next. But again, I still need to see Connor one more time against a a more difficult opponent before I can make any judgment about how I would feel about him against Ferguson or against Khabib. But if they do make a lightweight title shot between uh, a title fight, rather between Connor and Khabib, that's going to be a a massive selling rematch. Or if it's Connor versus Ferguson, that's also going to be extremely chaotic because we know that Tony Ferguson is one of the best lightweights in the world and extremely exciting to watch.
0: Uh, Last one on Connor before I ask you about uh, the main event coming up this weekend where would you like to see him fight, weight wise? I know he he wants three belts now. He's he's the champ, champ. He wants to get the third belt at one seventy. He looked good in this fight, but against a legit one seventy, uh, he, he. I mean, he's five nine. Connor's not a big dude, uh, and I know he walks around around that weight. But you got guys that are fighting at one seventy that walk around closer to two hundred pounds. So, do you, do you want to see him compete at at one seventy, or do you think one fifty five is just overall a better spot for him?
1: I think 155 is clearly the, the ideal weight classroom because, look, his fights at 170 have been against Nate Diaz and Donald Cerrone. The two of them are major- – spent the majority of their career at lightweight. So Diaz at this point has grown into 170, so he, I think he's a legit welterweight at this point. Cerrone had a pretty lengthy stint at welterweight, but let's be real. He, he, the height of his time as a contender has been at 155, and, well, he – was just at 155 these previous few fights before they made the connor fight so at 170 yeah the, the, as you said much bigger guys like if you can imagine mcgregor facing kamaru usman that would be a massive physical mismatch so I, I don't think that's a fight that i would particularly want to see if you don't like mcgregor and you want to see him get beat up by kamaru usman then yeah <laughs> go ahead and make that fight but at 155 it's just more intriguing matchups for him and uh it, it's really to me if you had me pick between 155 and 170 as which division is is has got more depth and more interesting fighters to watch i'd say 155
0: hey uh one more before i ask you about the main event and this is just in general we see as as soon as connor was done floyd mayweather's tweeting out you know the 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 posters of him and connor rematch and then we we see one with pacquiao and connor and then now bob arum's talking about terence crawford fighting i mean just Everybody wants a, you know, and I'm I'm, I'm reading about uh, you know Khabib and his dad talking about f- fighting Mayweather and you know eleven rounds of boxing and one round of MMA. It's enough as a fan. I don't want to see it. It's not unless unless Floyd's going to step into the cage and I can watch him get his his head flattened. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see it. It just I get that there's a money. There's a lot of money behind it. But do you think the appetite is there after the the first go round with Conor and Floyd that? People are going to tune in to see Khabib and Floyd, or Connor and Manny. Is is there enough appeal out there? Do you want to see it as a fan?
1: I absolutely don't want to see it. I had to cover it, and it was some of the least enjoyable work I've ever done. Um, so, with uh, the problem with Connor versus Floyd, that was really a lightning in a bottle moment. But that does not mean that there is this vast market of boxing versus MMA crossovers that the fans just are clamoring to see. Frankly, nobody was thinking about Terrence Crawford against Conor McGregor. Come on, that's ridiculous. But it's also Bob Arum. Bob Arum, uh, he doesn't care what you think of him, and he often just says whatever is on his mind. So I'm I'm not really sold on that offer being all that serious. Uh, then there's the Mayweather Habib talk, and Mayweather versus McGregor, too. I certainly don't want to see a rematch between Floyd and Conor. I already saw what happened the first time, and I also know Floyd isn't going to even think about crossing over into MMA. Uh, Habib and his father suggesting 11 rounds of boxing, one round of MMA, unless that one round of MMA is round one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's also, similarly, a fight that nobody was asking for. So, And then what was the other one? Manny Pacquiao. Using uh, a, a McGregor fight as well. Yeah. Uh, so, again, this is, for, for Pacquiao and Mayweather, all those guys, it's more of the, the money grab fight where they know that Connor is still a, a massive draw and they could make tens of millions of dollars and getting in, getting in an easy night's work because it would be a boxing match, and they would all easily outbox Conor and, and Floyd. Uh, has already done that before. So yes, w- this really all needs to stop. And it's not just McGregor. It, we've seen all the talk about like Stephen Biecz possibly boxing Anthony Joshua or no. Beyonce Wilder, and, and we've heard Tyron Woodley talk about boxing Canelo Alvarez. It's all real silly when MMA fighters do it, and it's mostly the UFC side when UFC fighters calling out boxers and wanting to box them it's because of the paycheck and just that the the paycheck that they otherwise would not get uh if they were just fighting in the ufc when boxers are calling out mma fighters it's usually just conor mcgregor because conor is the money maker uh, out of all the mma fighters and he's really one of the few fighters in mma history who's making the type of money that's you know, in the ballpark of what a lot of the top boxers have made over the past several decades.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's, and I love boxing. I love MMA, but the two just don't make, I mean, you're stepping into somebody else's, you know, area of expertise. It's not really competitive. I mean, it'd be even less competitive if one of the boxers wanted to come into MMA and step into the cage. Floyd would take a life changing beating. I mean, I have no doubts about that in, in, i don't i don't expect any of those guys to ever do it you know we used to hear about roy jones and anderson silva wanted to fight each other and it was just like it's nonsense man but i i assume as long as there's a ton of money attached to it we'll continue to hear about it but uh before i let you go let me just ask you quickly we got a card coming up this weekend junior dos santos back in action and i'm sure you've probably had the chance to speak to him throughout your career covering the sport i've spoken to him a number of times you're not going to I, I, you can't help but root for Junior. He's literally one of the nicest people I've ever spoken to in sports. For me, it's impossible not to root for him. He was on a great streak until he ran into Francis Ngannou in his last fight. Uh, wh- what do you think he's got left? Because even when he wins, he's he's just throughout his career, Junior is a guy who's taken a lot of damage. He's just he's not anybody who's ever really focused on his defense. He's tough as nails, and he he's another guy that will get in there and just throw down with you even though he's got a black belt in jujitsu i don't know that i've ever seen him try to do anything on the ground what, what do you think of where he's at in his career is he a legit title contender and do you like him in this in this fight against uh, curtis blades
1: yeah well actually i've never gotten the opportunity to uh, to interview dos santos i've gotten to interview other ufc champions and bellator champions but junior he's such a well-beloved guy. Uh, uh, Hardly anybody has a bad word to say about him, but this is a difficult matchup for him against Curtis Blades, especially since he's coming off a serious bacterial infection on his leg, uh, cellulitis in fact. So with Dos Santos, we know that he loves to box and speaking of MMA fighters calling out boxers. I remember when Junior Dos Santos was UFC heavyweight champion at the time, and he wanted to fight the Klitschkos. he that (laughs) that get killed. As all these current current call-outs are are now, but Curtis Blades is not much of a striker. He is a wrestler, but Dos Santos, while he may have... Historically, he's had pretty good takedown defense. Cain Velasquez kind of had the blueprint of how to beat JDS, which is to pressure him relentlessly, and even if you don't get the takedown the first time or the second time or the third time, you're eventually going to get him down, and you can wear him out because Dos Santos just way too often ends up getting backed up towards the fence too easily. So if Blades can kind of replicate what Velasquez was able to do to him twice over, then he should be able to win. And Curtis Blades, he's an under the radar heavyweight. I mean, his only losses have been to Francis Ngannou, and if, I mean Ngannou is, is an absolute beast. So for Curtis Ways, this would be a big uh, opportunity for him to make his case for a title run, if not this year, then probably next year, depending on how uh, the, the timing works out with Stipe Miocic's upcoming title defense against Daniel Cormier. But I favor Blades. Dos Santos has a chance because he just still does have that power, and power is the last thing to go in your career. And we have seen Blades get caught before. He, he got stopped by Ngannou uh, in their rematch, uh, and he also got knocked down and badly hurt by Mark Hunt. But at this stage in their respective careers, Dos Santos is on the decline. And when he is getting hit hard, he's not reacting well. So that's a concern for me, even against somebody who's not known for a striking like Curtis Blades is. So I think that Blades will get the win. And if he does stop him, it's probably going to be that ground and pound, because Curtis Blades has got some of the best ground and pound in all of MMA. And uh, it's this isn't a great card, uh, this UFC Raleigh. But I like the matchmaking here, if only because Blades deserves to keep fighting higher-level competition uh, just so he can uh, build up that resume of his. It's already quite impressive, if you ask me.
0: He is Mookie Alexander, associate editor at BloodyElbow.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at Mookie Alexander. does a great job, as I said, covering the sport of MMA. And if you're a Seahawks fan... He's also part of Field Goals. He's the editor of Field Goals and Talking Seahawks on his Twitter page as well. So that's a good spot for uh, MMA fans and Seahawks fans. Mookie, thanks so much, man. You do a great job. I really appreciate you taking a few minutes with me as always and uh, look forward to talking to you again.
1: Yeah, great to be on. And uh, we got a big year of MMA and, and presumably MMA and boxing ahead of us to, uh, to, to kick off this new decade.